Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525 what's going on y'all this is brandon tatum i just want to thank you so much for listening to my podcast you can always get the podcast at salem podcast network or wherever you listen to your podcast good evening today our fellow citizens our way of life our very freedom came under attack in a series of deliberate and deadly terrorist acts. The victims were in airplanes or in their offices, secretaries, businessmen and women, military and federal workers, moms and dads, friends and neighbors. Thousands of lives were suddenly ended by evil, despicable acts of terror. The pictures of airplanes flying into buildings fires burning, huge, huge structures collapsing, have filled us with disbelief, terrible sadness, and a quiet, unyielding anger. These acts of mass murder were intended to frighten our nation into chaos and retreat. But they have failed. Our country is strong. A great people has been moved to defend a great nation. Terrorist attacks can shake the foundations of our biggest buildings, but they cannot touch the foundation of America. These acts shatter steel, but they cannot dent the steel of American resolve. America was targeted for attack because we're the brightest beacon for freedom and opportunity in the world, and no one will keep that light from shining. Today, our nation saw evil, the very worst of human nature. And we responded with the best of America, with the daring of our rescue workers, with the caring for strangers and neighbors who came to give blood and help in any way they could. Immediately following the first attack, I implemented our government's emergency response plans. Our military is powerful and it's prepared. Our emergency teams are working in New York City and Washington, D.C to help with local rescue efforts. Our first priority is to get help to those who have been injured and to take every precaution to protect our citizens at home and around the world from further attacks. The functions of our government continue without interruption. Federal agencies in Washington, which had to be evacuated today, are reopening for essential personnel tonight and will be open for business tomorrow. Our financial institutions remain strong, and the American economy will be open for business as well. The search is underway for those who are behind these evil acts. I've directed the full resources of our intelligence and law enforcement communities to find those responsible and to bring them to justice. We will make no distinction between the terrorists who committed these acts and those who harbor them. I appreciate so very much the members of Congress who have joined me in strongly condemning these attacks. And on behalf of the American people, I thank the many world leaders who have called to offer their condolences and assistance. 
America and our friends and allies join with all those who want peace and security in the world. And we stand together to win the war against terrorism. Tonight, I ask for your prayers for all those who grieve, for the children whose worlds have been shattered, for all whose sense of safety and security has been threatened. And I pray they will be comforted by a power greater than any of us, spoken through the ages in Psalm 23. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. This is a day when all Americans from every walk of life unite in our resolve for justice and peace. America has stood down enemies before, and we will do so this time. None of us will ever forget this day, yet we go forward to defend freedom and all that is good and just in our world. Thank you. Good night. And God bless America. Was, uh, that was President George W. Bush, you guys uh, may recall. It's, it's amazing because I, uh, I oftentimes, I'll, every year when I consider 9-11, I, I, I think, is this the year where we kind of stop talking about it? Is this the year where the frustration, the anger, the pain, uh, does it, does it kind of fade away? And, and every year I, I hear clips and, and I'm determined that, no, we, we can't let it fade away. 9-11 uh, brought us together, sadly, um, in, in an unusual way. Obviously, an attack on your country, an attack on your fellow countrymen is huge. And I can remember the day of the attack, just like I know uh, so many of you can as well. But just going back real quickly to some of the reasons why it's important for us to remember today. I mean, I believe that it bridges generational gaps. Uh, just like I'm sure World War II uh, connected some dads with their, their sons and they, they gained respect and honor for that elder generation or for that older generation. I think the same is true for 9-11, or at least it could be true. And it's one of those times where 9-11, when you think back on it, it reinforces to me, every time I think about it, it's weird. It's, it reinforces to me who our real enemies are or should be. And also who our real friends and our real allies are and should be. Americans came together the day after 9-12. You guys remember that day, 9-12, like no one else. I, I, I never felt the United States so united. And then it, it dissipated. We, we went back to politics as usual because the elites, many of the cultural elites, inside of Washington, D.C., were so concerned about their power and they stopped caring about the people. But sadly, I can go back to 9-11 and 9-12, and, and as horrible as 9-11 was, I miss 9-12. I miss where we were, and I want you to recall where you were. I recall exactly where I was. I was broke as a joke at the time, and I was living with one of my older brothers and, and his wife and, and, and family, um, and I was just working and busting my butt like crazy. Had a young daughter. I was engaged at that time uh, to my current wife. And I remember working all night. I worked the third shift. I also worked an afternoon job. So I was working like crazy. But I remember that particular day I had worked uh, through the night, had come home, and I had begun watching television in the morning. 
Uh, and then all of a sudden, as I'm talking to my then fiance, again, now wife, then all of a sudden I turn to the television and this happens. The first plane hits one of the towers. And it was just unbelievable and unreal. And, and I'm sitting there on the phone and I'm like, hey, 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 you've got to turn to the uh, uh, to, to the news. I, I, we, I, a plane, a plane literally just went through one of the uh, one of the twin towers. And I couldn't believe what I was seeing. And I sat there thinking, I mean, right away, I thought, oh, my Lord, all of those people that are above where the impact occurred. I thought they might be in trouble, and I was so hopeful that so many people beneath would be able to escape and not die. Little did we know that the jet fuel and all of that kind of stuff will literally, uh, I mean, just sadly kill many people. Ultimately, the, the building, uh, that building would collapse, and, and, and eventually so would the other after the second attack. But I remember sitting there thinking, just ironically, like, or, or weirdly so, like, could, could, could this be? No, this, is, this has got to be some type of freak accident. But in the back of your mind, or my mind, I'm thinking, could, could this be? This couldn't be like a, like a terrorist attack, even though it was, those thoughts were swirling in my head. And then obviously, the second plane hits. And then we know exactly, we knew exactly at that point in time what it was. And it was a sad day. It was a scary day. If you look right now on Salem News Channel, you can you can see video of people just running from the debris fields down below. And it was just a scary time. It was an unreal time. I remember just like you feeling so uneasy about what was next. What would America look like next? What would we do? What would we do? 343 firefighters lost. 24 New York PD Lost. 37 Port Authority police. Lost. I want to play these calls into the 911 system at the time. If we've got that, let's roll it. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm excited to announce to you TatumStore.com. TatumStore.com. Yes, you heard it right. Tatum Store is my e-commerce store. We have the coldest merch in the game. Pro-Trump shirts. My favorite shirt is the Trump. He's a gangster. It's called the Don. Everybody loves that shirt. You can get it at Tatum Store. And one thing I want to remind you guys of that our store is incredibly popular because we have incredibly good merch that's great quality. We have over 100,000 customers and we have 10,000 five-star reviews. All you have to do is go to the website and look at all the incredible reviews that people have left saying that our, the speed of our delivery is impeccable. 
The quality of our merch is unmatchable. Go to TatumStore.com. Make sure you put in the discount code because I want to give you guys 20% off. Put in Tatum Show 20. That's Tatum Show 20, and you'll get 20% off the entire store. Ladies and gentlemen, you're not only going to get incredible conservative merch, incredible Christian merch, incredible pro-Trump merch, but you are helping employ people right here in Scottsdale, Arizona. So go to TatumStore.com. That is TatumStore.com. Welcome back to the Officer Tatum Show. I'm your guest host, Carl Jackson, and I'm sitting in for the Officer Tatum. I want to thank the Officer Tatum for allowing me to sit uh, behind the microphones. I'll introduce everyone else as I typically do in the next hour. Uh, but today what we're doing is we are remembering 9-11 on this, uh, on this occasion, 22 years since 9-11. And I'm sure just like I did, uh, or just like I do, you remember exactly where you were. And again, it was one of those days that was the saddest day or amongst one of the saddest days of, of my life, for sure. Many of those that uh, there were many victims, obviously, their family members for their family members, probably the saddest day of their lives. And and uh, we continue to pray for them. Joe, uh, Joe Biden didn't make it to New York today. Uh, he was supposed to go to Alaska. I'm not even sure that he made it to Alaska, quite frankly. I think that's absolutely horrible. And I'm not saying that because he happens to be a Democrat. And I have an opposing worldview and belong to an opposing party. I, I, I believe that the, there are times like this that you use to unite the country. This is one of those things that everybody can get behind. And Joe Biden uh, chose to uh, dodge his responsibilities as uh, as president. I hate using that term, uh, but I'll use it for today uh, as president of the United States. He had an amazing opportunity to unite uh, the 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 states in our grief. And uh, this is something that should not be forgotten. 9-11 should not be forgotten by uh, uh, by any of us. Again, it, 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 it tells us or lets us know who our real friends and our enemies are. And our enemies are not our neighbors. And this is what 9-11 showed us overwhelmingly. Despite all of the pain, 9-12 came and we had new neighbors, friends, and all of that good stuff. We were united. The left has destroyed that. I want to take you back to some audio from inside the planes. And this is going to be a gut-riching hour. Listen, there's no other way. I can't sugarcoat this, all right? It was devastating. This is going to be a gut-wrenching hour, but we'll get through it together. Let's go ahead with the audio. Por favor, Mr. Sean McConnell. Some of these audio tapes became declassified just last year. Combined with what was previously released, these tapes offer perhaps the most dramatic timeline of the moments the hijackings were taking place. We hear voices of people on the front lines, including a flight attendant on board a hijacked plane. We're going to start with her. Betty Ong, she was on board American Airlines Flight 11 at 8.19 a.m. Eastern Time. This is just about 27 minutes before that flight hit the North Tower of the World Trade Center. She called her colleagues on the ground. This is the first time that anyone outside those planes finds out what's going on. Let's listen to Betty Ong. The cockpit's not answering. Somebody's stabbed in business class. And um, I think there's mates that we can't breathe. I don't know. I think we're getting hijacked. Just five minutes later at 8.24 a.m. Eastern Time, just 22 minutes before impact on the North Tower, you hear the haunting voice of the lead hijacker, Mohammed Atta. Boston air traffic control picks up his voice in the cockpit as he's talking to the passengers. Listen to Mohammed Atta. Is that American 11 trying to call? Buddy. We have some planes 
Just incredible to hear the voice of the lead hijacker, Mohammed Atta. Now, just over half an hour later, at 9.02 a.m. Eastern Time, uh, air traffic controllers trying to figure out what's going on with the second plane. This is United Airlines Flight 175. Follow the purple track here. It has already looped south of New York, heading north toward the south tower of the World Trade Center, and two air traffic controllers practically narrate the impact. Take a listen. Hey, can you look out your window right now? Yeah. Can you, can you see God about 4,000 feet, about 5 east of the airport right now? Looks like he's... Yeah, I see him. You see God? Look, is he descending for the building also? He's descending really quick, too, yeah. Well, that's... Well, he's 500 feet now. He just dropped 800 feet in like, a, like one, one sweep. That's, that's another situation. Who, what kind of airplane is that? Can you guys tell? I don't know. I'll read it out in a minute. Another one just hit the building. Wow. Wow. Another one just hit it hard. Another one just hit the Take you forward to uh, just about a half hour later, 9.28 a.m. Eastern Time. You've got air traffic control trying to track United Airlines Flight 93. Cleveland Air Traffic Control is trying to get another flight, American Airlines Flight 1060, to help find Flight 93. But that Cleveland controller picks up some audio from inside Flight 93. If you listen carefully, you can hear people screaming. And listen very carefully, you'll hear someone say, seemingly saying, we're all going to die in here. Listen. Mm. That's American 1060. And of course, just minutes later, that plane hits the ground in southern Pennsylvania in the town of Shanksville. There are people that, uh, there are people that exist. There are enemies that exist, real enemies, not the J6, mostly peaceful protesters those 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 aren't your those aren't your enemies there are real people that hate us there are people that believe that we are the big satan and believe that israel is the little satan uh, and those people still exist as we uh, we destroy each other from within those people still exist can you imagine being on that plane knowing knowing your destiny you're sitting there, you're t on a business trip, uh, who knows, perhaps you're going on vacation, coming back from vacation, all of a sudden, your plane is hijacked, something that none of us ever, ever thinks and hopes we would have to experience, but those people did on that fateful day, um, and <laughs> it's hard to talk about to this day, it's, it's crazy, I sit here and think, uh, you're not going to do this, Carl. You're going you're gonna to stay strong here <laughs> for the people. But the truth of the matter is this is painful. And sometimes I think about this day and I'm like, what is, what's, what's painful about that day is that, again, there are real enemies that hate us as Americans. And now Americans are so divided today. It, it's painful. Honestly, it is just painful to hear this stuff in a new and different way. Because it's, we should be fighting against those that hate us. And we're fighting against each other. I, 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 I'm almost speechless at this point. I feel like I'm viewing this thing differently for the first time. Not just because we're watching 
9-11 video and people that wanted to destroy America, but because we're seeing the greatest nation destroyed from within. And I don't know if that is having an impact on me right now or, or what, um, but I believe it is. Guys, we got some more video for you that we'll play. It appears that the there is more and more fire and smoke enveloping the very top of the building. And as fire crews are descending on this area, it... it it does not appear that there's any kind of a, an effort up there yet. Now remember, oh my God. Oh my God. That looks like a second plane. Has just I did not see a plane go in. That, that just exploded. We I, just saw another plane coming in from the side. You did. I did that was out of absolute Yes, and that's view. the second explosion. You can see the plane come in just from the right-hand side of the screen. So this looks like oh it is Lord. some sort of a concerted effort to attack the World Trade Center that is underway in downtown New York. Did you hear the explosion oh, from yes. your position? Yes, we did. As a matter of fact, we, we heard it and and because I was just like standing there pretty much looking out the window, I didn't see what caused it or if there was an impact. So you have no idea right, right oh, now? Oh, there's another one. Another plane just hit. <gasps> right? Oh, oh my gosh. Another plane has just hit. You all have helped support MyPillow and their employees in these tough economic times. Mike Lindell knows this and continues to give back to listeners with deals on his most popular products. You've heard me recently speak about the My Slippers and the Giza Sheets, MyPillow 2.0 and more. For a limited time, the MyPillow six-piece bath towel set is back in stock. Take it from me, these towels are highly recommended. They are luxuriously soft and super absorbent, meaning they actually function like a towel should. With this special deal, you'll get two bath towels, two hand towels, and two washcloths. A complete set normally $79.98, but for a limited time for all my listeners, go to MyPillow.com and use promo code BRANDON to snag this set for just $39.99. That's 50% off. Visit MyPillow.com today or dial 800-976-8379 to grab this deal with promo code Brandon. Act fast, it won't last long. Use promo code Brandon for more specials. Alright, welcome back to the show. I'm your guest host, Carl Jackson, sitting in for the Officer Tatum, and we are remembering 9-11 uh, this is the 22nd anniversary um, as of today, obviously. Uh, it was a dark day. I remember I remember before 9-11 at that point in time, I was a single dad. One thing that I used to do before 9-11, my daughter was young. She was born just a few years earlier. And uh, I moved to Orlando, several Orlando, Florida, several years before. And one of the things that I would do um, you know, I would obviously take her out to different places to eat and so on, et cetera, just have one-on-one -on -one time with my daughter. But one of the things that I really enjoyed doing with her and she really enjoyed uh, at the time is we would go out near the airport and we would just watch some of the planes take off. We could park relatively close and watch some of the planes take off. We could even go to uh, the Orlando airport and, 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 and go all the way, you know, through baggage claim and watch the planes take off. That was amazing times that I had with my daughter. And I remember all of that being taken away. I'm not saying that uh, to be selfish. That may seem trivial to you, but I just, I'm telling you that because 9-11 marked a change 
and society that I saw personally, and I'm sure you guys can account for things that you experienced as well, freedoms that were taken away. I want to go back to some audio clip. This is um, on 9-11 when the Pentagon hit. All right, so here it is. Let's play Let's roll the video here. There Mr. is McConnell. a lot of confusion here at the Pentagon. It appears that uh, something hit uh, the Pentagon on the outside of the fifth corridor, uh, on the Army corridor. Several Army officers I talked to reported hearing a, a big explosion, seeing shards of metal uh, uh, coming past their window. The Pentagon has been evacuated. Uh, emergency services personnel were rushing to reports of several people trapped in the building. Most of the building's 24,000 people are outside of the building or in the center courtyard uh, as the emergency teams try to sort out what has happened here. There is, of course, uh, thick black smoke billowing from the scene. Uh, there is a lot of confusion. The Defense Protective Service, which is the police force here in the Pentagon, has been urging people to get out of the building uh, and move away from the scene so they can handle the uh, emergency situation. Again, it appears that an aircraft of some sort did hit the side of the Pentagon, the, the West Front, which uh, faces sort of toward Arlington National Cemetery. Uh, it's a uh, corridor where a lot of Army offices are located. Wow. And oh. some Jamie, people were... Jamie, I need you to stop for a second. There has just been a huge explosion. We can see uh, a billowing smoke rising. And I can't, I'll, I'll tell you that I can't see that second tower. But there was a cascade of sparks and fire. And now this, it looks almost like a mushroom cloud explosion, this huge billowing smoke in the second tower. This was the second of the two towers hit. And I, you know, I cannot see behind that smoke, obviously, as you can't either. The first tower in front has not changed. And we see this extraordinarily and frightening scene behind us of this second tower now just encased in smoke. What is behind it, we're, I, I cannot tell you. But just look at that. That is about as frightening a scene as you will ever see. You know, it's... It's amazing. I'm looking at some headlines that are uh, right now on Breitbart and uh, 9-11-23. Nearly 150 aliens, speaking of illegals, on terrorist watch lists encountered at U.S. border in the past year. It's amazing to me because we sit here and think our country uh, was was attacked on that day. And now we have an administration that are literally allowing terrorists to flood our borders. Now, I know that isn't their intention per se. I, I, I get it. But we don't know who's going to come into our country. Obviously, we've caught at least 150. There's no telling how many terrorists have escaped, how many gataways there are that happen to be terrorists. Guys, I hate to say this. I feel as though we haven't learned our lessons from 9-11. And we are no safer today. In fact, I'd argue that we're less safe today than we were on 9-11 of 2001. This is Carl Jackson in for the officer Tatum. We will be back shortly. There has been a second explosion uh, here in uh, Manhattan at the, at the Trade Center. We are getting reports that a part of the tower, the second tower, the one a, a bit further to the south of us, uh, has collapsed. We are checking on that. We are also told that the Sears Tower in Chicago has been evacuated. And what I can't tell you, 
on that is whether there was something specific that happened there, whether there was an attack on that building yet, we're checking that out, or whether there was a warning, whether there was a threat of some sort, or whether that is simply precautionary. Welcome back to the Officer Tatum Show. I'm your guest host, Carl Jackson, sitting in for the Officer Tatum. Uh, today we are, today's our, or this hour is our 9-11 Memorial Show, and this is our 9-11 Memorial Hour exclusively. Uh, and we're just remembering 9-11. We're remembering those the victims of 9-11 and honoring the victims of 9-11. And, and obviously many of you that are listening to this audio can recap exactly where you were uh, when uh, when we were attacked, and we definitely were, nine eleven opened up the doors to many of things. It's it's amazing because uh, the other day I was um, I was uh, going back and forth with uh, Cal Serafin. He's one of the uh, the the FBI whistleblowers that used to work for the FBI, and uh, it's just amazing to me. I've interviewed both he and Stephen Friend, and just the liberties that were taken as a result of nine eleven, and and it's amazing because. When the country should have been brought together, government saw it as an opportunity instead of allowing the land to be healed to 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 uh, to gain more power for themselves. It's, it's the weirdest thing. I, I'm looking back on this stuff so differently now, even this year, given all the stuff that we've gone through with our federal government and how our liberties have been taken away. You have people that literally attacked us on 9-11 that wanted to destroy our way of life and the response to that. And again, this is. 2020 hindsight was to destroy our way of life. It is the weirdest and craziest thing. I want to play some audio for you and video. This is of the uh, firefighters, the last moments before Tower One collapses. Battalion 9 to command post. Battalion 7, Operation Tower 1. Battalion 9, I need you on the floor above 79. We have access stairs going up to 79. Okay. Alright, I'm on my way up, Oreo. 15-0-V to 15. 15-0-V, Battalion 7, Operation Tower 1. Stuck in the elevator, in the elevator shaft, you're going to have to get a different elevator. We're chopping through the wall to get out. Radio lobby command with that. Tower 1. Battalion 7, Ladder 1, 5. So those are our first responders. For those of you watching the Salem News Channel, you can watch the video as many people run away. They run towards the fire. They run towards the 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 burning building. Obviously, there's organizations like T2T that has started up as a uh, started up as a result of that. But I remember the good old days when we respected our first responders. I understand that not everyone is good. They're human. We're human. There's always going to be some bad apples in the bunch. But for the most part, our first responders are amazing people. They run to danger when we run away from danger. And I just remember those good old days, man. I look at these guys, and these guys are absolute heroes. Do you guys think they get the same level of respect today that they did on that day? And there's no doubt in my mind that they deserve it. They deserve it, but they don't get that same respect today. This is how far we've slipped as a country. 
So perhaps remembering 9-11 will help us to remember how important and how crucial our first responders are, because they are absolutely amazing. Um, And we should be praying for every single one of those guys and gals, frankly. I want to play another audio video uh, for you. This is sounds of what it was like inside of the World Trade Center, both before and after the North Tower collapse. In there, bro, get out! should leave. Everybody else is gone. Okay. I'll just make sure that uh, there's nobody else coming downstairs. I hear the top of the building fell down. Fell over on us. I don't know. I haven't even seen outside yet. Have you, uh, when were you here? Pardon me? After the planes landed? As a matter of fact, we're standing right underneath uh, Six World Trade when the uh, building actually, the plane hit it the first time. A plane, the engine screaming, and then just an explosion. Glass, then everybody was uh, running around trying to get away. Can you get the stairs to try to get up there? You can take the stairs. You can get the stairs down here. All right? I got the Go slow. The dust is starting to settle. Just tell them to go slow. I'm going to work right now in a five minutes. All right. You're going to stay with him? You're going to stay with him? We had a report of a fireman trapped over here on the northwest corner. So uh, I want to make sure that uh, we got people over there to help dig him out. All that we know right now is that two airplanes struck the two large towers of the World Trade Center. We spoke to the White House. There also apparently was an attack on the Pentagon. Uh, We asked that the airspace around the city of New York be sealed by military aircraft. We've been informed that it has been, and we've seen military aircraft up in the air. Uh, so uh, we're, we're hopeful that right now things are secure. What about but your marriage? It is a very dangerous condition in southern Manhattan. The rescue efforts are going to take place all day. So everybody in southern Manhattan, if they can physically evacuate, should, and they should just walk directly north. Get beyond Canal Street, go as far north as you can. those buildings right around Park <laughs> all, all of the buildings in southern Manhattan have to be evacuated. We're evacuating them now. Either, either uh, people on their own or with the help of the police department and the fire department. The people should get out of southern Manhattan other than emergency personnel so that we can get ambulances in, so that we can get uh, emergency personnel in. Last question. Can you tell us anything about what you know about where these aircraft no. may have come all that I, all from? That I know, all that I know is that two different aircraft struck the World Trade Center. While I was speaking to the White House, they confirmed to me that there was a, an attack on the Pentagon. Uh, I also know that there are military aircraft, on military aircraft, up in the air right now because that was confirmed to me that we're that they are doing the best they can to seal off the airspace around the city of New York. So uh, 
Yeah, we'll know more later. But right now, the major focus has to be on evacuation. George W. Bush, and, and I can tell you that my feelings over the years have changed and my views have uh, changed uh, on uh, George W. Bush over the years, but there's no doubt in my mind that God always raises people up for such a time as this. Uh, maybe it's sometimes political leaders we don't always agree with or like, but uh, there's no doubt in my mind that in that moment, in that space, and in that time, God had created George W. Bush for such a time as this. What happened in the aftermath uh, that can continue to be debated. Did we do the right thing? Did we do the wrong thing? I have my views, uh, but I'm not going to. I'm not going to. I'm not going to use this time uh, to share that. I just want to go back to remembering 9/11. Remember that you share this moment. Let your children. Honestly, I know the news media. They don't even. Some news media outlets won't even show the videos anymore. Let your children see this. They should know. They should know who their real enemies are. They should know if they're white kids or black kids, that, they're, that their enemies aren't their freaking neighbors, that their enemies aren't somebody that looks differently from them. Those aren't their enemies. There are real enemies out there that hate us because this is the greatest country that God has ever given man. And you have people now from the inside that want to tear this country down. It saddens me. It sickens me. It makes me so mad when I think about this again. I'm watching these videos and listening to this audio this year, and it's weird. I can watch them, and from you know year to year, I have a different perspective. Remember the jumpers? Do you guys remember the jumpers where people had to decide on the spot whether they were going to live or die, whether they were going to burn or whether they were going to die from falling to the ground? There's real enemies out there, people, and it's not your neighbor. Carl Jackson in for the Officer Tatum. We'll be back. This is the Officer Tatum Show. All right, welcome to the Officer Tatum Show. I'm your guest host, Carl Jackson, sitting in 
for the Officer Tatum. We are coming to you live. I was going to say from somewhere, but I'm not going to say. We're coming to you. <laughs> We're coming to you live. Uh, this is 9-11, 22 years uh, since the 9-11 attack. If you'd like to sound off on that, feel free to do so. The number to call in to the program, 844-900-7243, 844 I just want to take, take the time to thank the Officer Tatum for allowing me to sit behind his microphone. Uh, It's always an honor and a pleasure. Sean McConnell uh, is in my ear. Gabe Cassiano has my back at uh, at AM 950, The Answer, TheAnswerOrlando.com, or 94.9 FM. Uh, So I appreciate him. You've got Zach and uh, you've got Rick uh, taking care of the lines and audio, I mean, and video, and, I mean, just doing uh, yeoman's work. And... I want to thank the Forgotten Man. Uh, for those of you that don't know, Forgotten Man uh, provides a stack of brilliance, and he is responsible uh, for that last hour that you heard, putting that together. Uh, so thank you, Forgotten Man. That takes a lot of work. Uh, and so you weren't able to hear that anywhere else on radio today, but we wanted to uh, we wanted to cover from get to go. Thank you, Forgotten Man, for doing that and putting that together. Uh, for us. And again, feel free to sound off on 9-11. I'm going to be talking about other issues, but you are welcome to call in at any time to talk about 9-11 and what you remember about 9-11 or perhaps what you've learned or, uh, you know, since 9-11 or things that have transpired since 9-11. I've got plenty of stories that I want to get to. Uh, One of the bigger stories, in my opinion, that happened in over the weekend was with this New Mexican governor, Governor Michelle Lujan Grisham, and we will get into that as well uh, because the left is willing to call everything an emergency in order to take away your rights. But first, let me talk about this. There is a gentleman. Let me make sure I get the. Uh, let me make sure I get the name right. Make sure I get the name right. Uh, anyway, I will get back to it. But you guys remember. The gentleman, and by the way, make sure you turn uh, tune in to the third hour. We're going to have Harrison Floyd on for the first segment, uh, anyway, and uh, he is one of the 19 co-defendants in Fulton County, Georgia. One of the uh, co-defendants, along with uh, former President Donald Trump, in Fulton County, Georgia. So we're going to be talking to him about his experiences there. Uh, so make sure you stay tuned for that. It's going to be an exciting hour. It's going to be an exciting couple of hours first off, but good Lord, I don't have the name right in front of me. I know it's in my stack of stuff, but I guarantee you it's stuck to stuff because that's the way I roll. Anyway, uh, there was a gentleman in the state of North Dakota. I believe it was that uh, he ran over. Uh, he ran over a Trump supporter. Uh, and he was sentenced to five years in prison. Uh, you guys may recall the story, and I will find the names later because I don't want to. I, I, I don't want. I don't mean any disrespect uh, to to the deceased. Uh, but sadly, if I recall correctly, he was an eighteen and nineteen or nineteen year old kid. He went out for some dance party type thing that happened or uh, occurred uh, an event in North Dakota. There was an uh, there was a man uh, there that was perhaps. Oh, thank you. Okay, Shannon Brandt is the name of the guy that ran over the Trump supporter whose name, Kate, was it Kaler Ellison? Okay, so Shannon Brandt, thank you, Mr. McC- okay, 
Okay, so Ellingson. All right, so Shannon Brandt and Kaylor Ellingson. So Kaylor Ellingson being the victim, and I believe Kaylor Ellingson was only 18 or 19 years of age. Now, uh, this young man, this uh, this young man was walking home. Apparently, he and Shannon Brandt had got into some type of confrontation. I don't even believe it was a physical altercation because if you were to see pictures of both of them, Kaylor Ellingson was. Uh, was a young, uh, scrawny-looking kid. Uh, quite frankly, I don't mean this to be disrespectful, uh, but he looked like, you know, more of a nerdy-type type kid. And then you have this guy, Shannon Brandt, who happened to be drunk, who looks like your typical drunk uh, redneck with all, due, with all due respect. And actually, I don't respect him. But anyway, here's what happens. They get in some type of confrontation or heated discussion uh, from what I recall earlier the discussion was uh, somewhat political or got political and then this guy Shannon Brandt goes after Kaylor Ellingson while Kaylor Ellingson is walking home and he runs the kid over with his truck he makes a phone call as if it was an accident or if he if he was defending himself as if he was defending himself when he ran over this kid's torso and this kid's legs and I believe he hit him I believe he ran over him if I recall correctly a second time because the kid was laying down he was laying down as his torso and legs were run over by a guy in an SUV or a pickup truck why did he run him over he thought Kaylor Ellingson that was half his size If you see the pictures, he thought he was a threat, so he says, so he claims. This man just got five years in prison. He just got five years in prison for murdering what he considered a Republican extremist or a Trump supporter. Five years in prison. Uh, He's already served one year, so he'll get credit for one year served. Kaylor Ellingson is never coming back. The last couple of nights I've participated. Thanks to David. David Pollack has gotten me on uh, to this stuff. So thank you, David. I know he's hosting his own show uh, right now, the David Pollack Show. There's some great shows here. David Pollack, the American Adversaries, uh, Matt Buff, guys. I know I'm forgetting people. Charles, uh, uh, Charles Hart, many, many, uh, Roger Franklin Williams. I mean, some great shows to listen to right here at AM 950 the answer but thank you you can see the pictures of the gentleman on the on uh, on the screen uh, there's no way this guy Shannon Brandt was terrified of Kaylor Ellingson there's no way there's absolutely no way unless he happened to walk by I don't know uh, an American top team or MMA gym or something and saw him in there one day and I doubt I seriously doubt that 5 years 5 years is what he gets now I was on this Twitter space actually a couple where I got to listen to Proud Boys, one of the Proud Boys forming members, Enrique Tario, and also some other J6ers. And they were telling us about their plight in jail and uh, some of the Proud Boys were getting ready to be transferred and just kind of, you know, how the jail people were kind of messing around with them. Uh, it, it, it was insane. And then some of the J6ers uh, that were in there, as a matter of fact, during the course of this show, I'm going to give you some. Uh, I'm going to give you some information if there's some J6ers that you would like to support, uh, some websites to go to so that you can support them directly um, if you would, if, if you would, uh, you know, consider doing so. 
I know they would greatly, greatly appreciate it. So make sure you get a paper and pen because I want to make sure that I give you, I want to give you these names. But one of the gentlemen that was on the line, and forgive me, I forget his name or or forget which one it was. Uh, But he was, he did admit to breaking one of the windows in the Capitol, but not going any further than that, uh, where the damage was assessed at probably a few hundred dollars, anywhere from three uh, three hundred to five hundred dollars, somewhere in that arena, if I recall correctly. Well, he was just sentenced to ten years in prison. Ten years in prison. He didn't murder anyone. He didn't go any further than breaking a window at the Capitol. He was sentenced to ten years in prison. So, if you break a window at the Capitol, let me get this straight: you break a window at the Capitol, you get sentenced to ten years in prison. And you get called an insurrectionist. But if you run over a Trump supporter or a quote unquote Republican extremist, you get freaking five years. You get five years. I look at 9-11 differently. Obviously, I look at the terror attack that was conducted upon this country, upon our nation. And it still gets me mad. But then I look at the aftermath and the mistakes that were made afterwards, some of which, frankly, I supported at the time. I didn't know any better like many of you. The Patriot Act continued. And now we've shifted. The FBI have shifted from this law enforcement agency that they were at the time to this intelligence gathering agency where now. They have made so many of us the people, and that is fed down not just into law enforcement, but into some of our institutions, our colleges, and so on, into entertainment. And so now people like, uh, it, it isn't Muhammad Atta that is the enemy. Now it's people like Kaylor Ellingson. Now it's your neighbor. So I look at 9-11 a little bit differently. Rest in peace, Kaylor Ellingson. So sorry. Shannon Brent, you should have got life. Actually, they should have popped a cap at your punk behind. We'll be back. This is the Officer Tatum Show. 844-900-7243. That's 844-900-7243. All right, welcome back to the Officer Tatum Show. All of you lion dog face pony soldiers. <laughs> we'll get into that in just in just a second. Oh my lord. If I were a terrorist and I saw Joe Biden, this would be the time to attack. I hate to say that. I don't mean to, listen, I don't mean to minimize any attack on American soil, but uh, there's no doubt in my mind uh, that the enemies are conspiring against the United States, China obviously uh, being one of them, because this guy in the White House is not there. He is absolutely not there. We'll get into that in just a second here. First, I want to talk to you about the Salem News Channel. If you like listening to the Officer Tatum Show, you're going to love watching it as well. You can watch it on the SalemNewsChannel.com or the app with the same name loaded on the Apple or Android store. You can watch us on Roku as well. Just type Salem News Channel into your search bar. Come check us out. We are the antidote to the mainstream media. All the best in conservative media are 
on the Salem News Channel from Dennis Prager to Dr. Sebastian Gorka, Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Dinesh D'Souza, Will Cow, Larry O'Connor, Eric Montaxis, Charlie Kirk, and your main man, Brandon Tatum. So bookmark us now. Just go to SalemNewsChannel.com and watch today's show or get caught up on past shows that are on video. And by the way, you can check me out on Dennis Prager's show uh, tomorrow uh, afternoon. So uh, I look forward to that and hopefully you will as well. Had to forget, man. Biden's John Wayne quote confuses social media. Nobody knows what he's mumbling about. Uh, this, according to Fox News, Biden mumbling about an alleged scene from a John Wayne man. I miss John Wayne flicks. Movie to attack climate deniers as lying dog faced pony soldiers. Do have many social media users watching his speech in Vietnam. So Biden spoke to the group of 20 leaders. Uh, the G20 leaders summit during a press conference in Hanoi on Sunday uh, during the conference. The AFP White House uh, correspondent Aurelia End questioned the president about the lack of a consensus on fossil fuels at the summit after appearing to ramble for several minutes. Biden then referenced the Western film actor to attack climate change critics. By the way, I'll, I'll get into this. I forget the uh, the energy secretary was a. Grisham Granholm or whatever, uh, who took an EV trip across the uh, across a couple of states and had some serious issues. We'll talk about that. Uh, and here's what Biden said. And I'm quoting uh, my brother was having famous lines from these movies that he always quotes. My brother was having famous lines from these movies that he always quotes already. It doesn't make sense, you know. And one of them is there's a movie about John Wayne as an Indian scout. And they're trying to get uh, I think it was the patch and one of the great tribes of America back on the reservation and he's standing with the union. So he's they're all they're, I'm reading verbatim. They're uh, they're all on their they're on their horses and their saddles. And there's three or four Indians and headdresses. And the union soldiers are basically saying to the Indians, come with me. We'll take care of you. Well, well, everything will be good. That's that's our president. Uh, Biden continued and the Indian scout, the Indian looks at John Wayne and points to the Union soldier and says he's a lion dog faced pony soldier. Well, there's a lot of <laughs> sorry. Well, there's a lot of lion dog faced pony soldiers out there about uh, about global warming, but not anymore. All of a sudden, they're all realizing it's a problem and there's nothing like seeing the light, he says. So. All of you lying dog-faced pony soldiers out there are apparently uh, seeing the light. So this is amazing. Uh, Biden had used a nearly identical answer during the 2018 uh, campaign. The guy is completely incoherent. The guy is completely incoherent. I mean, there's no doubt about it. I I, I believe there were points in times where the guy was lucid, and he, uh, during those periods of times where he was lucid and focused, he could make a decision. I don't know. Oh, yeah, yeah, let's hear it. Let's hear it, Mr. McConnell. Mr. McConnell has the audio. Let's play it, por favor. So my, my brother loves having these famous lines from movies that he always quotes. You know, and one of them is there was, there's a movie about John Wayne, he's an Indian scout, and they're trying to get, the, I think it was Apache, one of the great tribes in America, back on the reservation. And he's standing with the Union, so he's in roll arms on their horses and their saddles. And there's three or four Indians in headdresses. And the Union soldiers 
leading souls basically saying it is come with me, we'll take care of you, we'll be everything be good. And the Indian scout, the Indian looks at John Wayne and points to the Union soul and says, he's a lion dog-faced pony soldier. Well, there's a lot of lion dog-faced pony soldiers out there about, about global warming. But not anymore. All of a sudden, all realized it's a problem. And I think I've seen a lot of... Oh, my God. I hate when he whispers. I can't. I can't stand. Only pedophiles whisper like that. I got to tell you. I, I that, that's that's my opinion. Uh, that's a pedal president. That, that's a, that's a, that is strictly my, my <laughs> strictly that is strictly my opinion. Uh, but this guy shouldn't be in the White House, and uh, I'm hoping that Ma, uh, Muhammad Atta Jr. is not watching that video clip. Real quickly, you guys heard that Nancy Pelosi is staging a comeback. 83-year-old Nancy Pelosi, former Speaker of the House, is staging a comeback uh, because she wants to make sure that Democrats win in 2024. 20, uh, Apparently, she has no confidence. Now, they're not saying that. The left isn't saying that. Uh, but Hakeem Jeffries stinks, let's be frank. Uh, all the guys can, all that he ever says, it seems to me, MAGA Republicans, MAGA Republicans. They have no issues. Democrats have no issues. So Nancy Pelosi is making a comeback because uh, she was one of the people that could get things done. I think she also wants to put wants to put a dent in the narrative uh, that older people don't belong in Washington, D.C. Plus, she has nothing else to do. Her uh, husband is obviously gay. I didn't say that. Uh, so she's going to be headed back to Washington, D.C. I think she's going to be able to win, win her district uh, overwhelmingly. This would make her 86 years old if she were to win that race. And I presume that she will uh, if she were to win that race and then uh, and, and then decide to retire at the age of 86, 86. But who knows? Uh, these people will stay in forever. They make buttloads of money. Uh, they do insider trading. Nancy Pelosi is no different. Uh, she and her husband are worth hundreds of millions of dollars uh, as a result of insider trading. No doubt in my mind. Uh, and so why not go back and cash in? Uh, and so I think that's exactly what she's going to try and do. So uh, next, when we get back, I really want to get to this story with this New Mexico governor suspending uh, the, the the Second Amendment, essentially, in the state of New Mexico. I learned a lot of things. These Twitter spaces, I can't, I, I, I they are amazing. I learned so many things in a Twitter space over the weekend with residents from New Mexico. If you're from New Mexico and you want to call in, the number to call in, 844-900-7243. I personally did not realize that that New Mexico was so impoverished that Democrats basically, basically use that as a Petri dish, much like California, for all of these socialist things that they like to try and implement. New Mexico is no different. We'll talk about that after the break. Carl Jackson in for the Office of Potato. Officer Tatum Show on the Salem News Channel, on the Salem Podcast Network, and right here, right now. All right, welcome back to the Officer Tatum Show. I'm your guest host, Carl Jackson, sitting in for the Officer Tatum. 
The number to call into the program, 844-900-7243, 844-900-7243. If you want to call in about 9-11 or some of the topics that we'll be discussing uh, today, please feel free to do so. Uh, again, in the first hour, uh, thanks to the forgotten man and his hard work, we exclusively focused on 9-11. You had American Airlines Flight 11, a Boeing 767 aircraft, departed from Logan Airport at 7.59 a.m. en route to L.A. with the crew of 11 and 76 passengers. The hijackers flew that plane into the North Tower of the World Trade Center in New York City. That occurred at 8.46 a.m. Uh, they uh, That was at roughly 466 miles per hour, and it hit between floors 93 and 99. Uh, the aircraft entered the tower intact. It plowed through uh, to the building's core, severing all three gypsum encased stairwells, dragging combustibles with it, a powerful shockwave, uh, travel down to the ground and up again. Then you have United Airline Flight 175, which was a Boeing 7067 aircraft as well. It departed from Logan Air, uh, Airport 2 at 8.14 a.m. in route to L.A. with a crew of 9 and 51 passengers on board. The hijackers flew that plane into the South Tower of the World Trade Center in New York City, and that occurred at 9.03 a.m., uh, and the impact was at 590 miles per hour between floor 77 uh, and 85. Of course, all 65 people on board of the aircraft were uh, died instantaneously and unknown hundreds in the building as well. By this time, you had several media organizations, including the three major broadcast networks uh, who had interrupted their morning shows. And they were covering the first plane crash as millions saw the impact of Flight 175 live. I remember that as well. I'm sure many of you do, too. Parts of the plane, including the starboard engine, uh, leave the building from its east and east and north sides, falling to the ground six blocks away. American Airlines Flight 77, which was a Boeing 757 aircraft, uh, departed Washington Dulles International Airport at 8.20 a.m., en route to L.A. with a crew of six and 53 passengers on board that plane. The hijackers flew the plane into the Pentagon in Arlington County, Virginia at 9.37 a.m., crashing into the western side of the Pentagon at 530 miles per hour and starts a violent fire there. And then you have United Air uh, United Airlines Flight 93, uh, you guys may remember the story. Was it Todd Beamer? I believe it was his name. A Boeing 757 aircraft departed Newark International Airport at 8.42 a.m. en route to San Francisco with a crew of seven and 33 passengers. At 10.03 a.m., Flight 93 uh, is crashed at 583 miles per hour into a field in Stony Creek Township near Shanksville, Pennsylvania uh, by its uh, hijackers and the passengers um, Due to fighting in the cockpit, later reports indicate that passengers had learned about the World Trade Center and the Pentagon uh, crashes on cell phones, and at least three were planning on resisting the hijackers. The resistance was confirmed by Flight 93's cockpit voice recording on which the hijackers are heard making their decision to down the plane before the passengers succeed in breaching the cockpit door. The 9-11 Commission believed that Flight 93's target was the United States Capitol uh, building or the White House itself. Oh, man, what a crazy day. All right, number to call in, 844-900-7243, 844-900-7243. Still got so much to get to, so make sure you keep your sneakers on. You are in for some conservative cardio. All right, so 
the New Mexico governor, Michelle Luan, Grisham had to forget, man, uh, decided to suspend people's Second Amendment rights over the weekend. I'm not sure if you guys heard about that, but anyway, she did just that. So New Mexico Democrat Governor Michelle Lujan Grisham banned people from being able to carry guns in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and the surrounding county for at least the next 30 days. But you even have Democrats that are going a little crazy uh, over this, and I'll talk about that shortly here. Where did I put that? Yeah. Uh, so even liberals are turning against her on this particular issue. Uh, but I think it's CYA leading up until uh, leading up to 2024. I think COVID is not going well for them. People remember the lockdowns. People are saying never again. So Democrats are trying to find other avenues to do it. Uh, they're using climate change. And now you have this governor trying to use uh, uh, trying to use criminals that use guns to kill people. So Grisham signed an executive order on Thursday last week declaring that gun violence was a public health emergency in the Democrat-controlled state. So it's not Democrat policies, right? Uh, there were two people, I believe two or three people, that had been shot and killed in the last 30 days. It was 11-year-old that, really, that was shot and killed that really got her uh, hyped up, if you will. A population of 2.1 million people, two people die, and you say no one can have guns. What a fool. We'll talk about that more when we get back. Carl Jackson in for Officer Taylor. Officer Tatum Show. <laughs> Keeping it real. Come on. All right, welcome back to the Officer Tatum Show. The number to call in 844-900-7243. Tim in New Mexico, don't go anywhere. I want to get to you shortly. I want to hear what's happening in New Mexico. Again, I was on a Twitter space uh, the other uh, the other night. And uh, listen, I mean, some of the residents uh, that were chiming in from New Mexico, there were just so many things about both the heritage of New Mexico that, frankly, I was ignorant about. I, I completely admit I, one of the things I'm uh, loving about these Twitter spaces is, is getting to know so many different people uh, and, and networking as well. And again, I credit uh, David Pollack, who's right in the other studio, for kind of getting me addicted to these things. He has his own show here at AM 950, The Answer, every Monday night at 7 p.m. So be sure and check him out. All right, so so anyway, this lady... Uh, this lady, the governor, uh, what's her name again? I forget her name. Uh, Michelle MLG, Michelle Luhan Grisham, just decided, listen, three people were shot. Had to forget, man, this from Fox News. Uh, uh, three people were shot, a 13-year-old girl in July, a five-year-old girl in August, and a one-year-old boy this month. And and what what Governor Michelle Luhan Grisham decided to do was just to, su- just to suspend people's Second Amendment rights. She said that it was a health crisis. It was a health emergency. She said that a health emergency gave her the ability to be able to extend these powers. Now, she said, uh, this is a quote from Grisham. Uh, Now, I am sure I uh, as I go through the rest of this, there will be a lot of questions about whether or not we think we have the legal right to do that. Speaking of her executive order, I am sure that before you write this, there will be a legal challenge. And I can't tell you, listen to this, and I can't tell you that we win it given all of the different challenges to gun violence laws and restrictions on individual firearm access and control. Again, there will be a legal challenge, and I can't tell you uh, that we win it. 
Grisham responded to uh, uh, responded that her decision to declare an emergency gives her, quote, unquote, additional powers. This is why the left loves these emergency orders. Guys, they can't beat us on policy. This is why it frustrates me that we don't talk about policy. Even Enrique Tario, one of the Proud Boys that is now has faced the longest sentence, has been given the longest sentence, 22 years he was sentenced to. Um, he, he sat there from his jail cell awaiting to be transferred. And he warned everybody on that call. He said, listen, guys, it was like he was bracing us. He said they are going to convict and they are going to put Trump in jail. He, 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 <laughs> this is one of the things that he said. The left means business. They don't have policy. But they will use their power. And one of the things I was so glad to hear him do this, because I got to be frank with you, I think even many on the right have gotten so emotional and cray cray. We have just gone beyond thinking and strategy and policy. And that is insane. That is crazy, in my opinion. I'm sorry. The left knows how to play this game. We, we, we got to figure it out and we got to figure it out quickly. But one of the things that Enrique Tario warned against he said, one of the things that I hate, this guy, man, this guy is such a patriot, such a good guy. He should not be sitting one day. He wasn't even there in Washington. But he said, I hate that they're using me and J6, and I'm paraphrasing, as a distraction and not talking, speaking of his own people, speaking of the right, speaking of conservatives. And not talking enough about Biden's policies from gas to inflation to groceries. This is a man sitting in a jail cell. Take heed, Republicans, Trumpsters, DeSantis, the man sitting in the jail cell facing 22 years. Fears that Republicans, conservatives aren't focusing enough on policy. That's a hero, in my opinion. That's a hero. By the way, TarioFamilyFun.org. Whatever you can do to donate, help that man out in his appeals process. When I, one of the calls that I was on, one of the gentlemen there, a gentleman by the name of Patrick, I don't know your last name, Patrick, offered a $100,000 matching uh, matching grant for anyone on the call that would match uh that would match they need that type of money i'm sorry to say it's going to take money and enrique tario has uh all of his resources have been wiped out basically so tario t a r r i o familyfund.org tariofamilyfund.org tariofamilyfund.org please help these people out please help these people out i can't afford i can't afford $100,000 i don't i don't have that type of money uh, but I made sure that I gave. There's some other gentlemen that I will give you the name to later. Uh, make sure you give to that. We're going to be having Harrison Floyd of uh, uh, Black Voices for Trump at the top of the hour. He'll give you his gifts and go information as well uh, if you want to help his cause because you've got Fannie Willis, the Fulton County DA, uh, that is after him as well. So he'll be joining us at the top of the hour. Stay tuned for that. But this lady is crazy. This lady is crazy. Um she knows she was even asked by a reporter. Um, she was asked by a reporter whether or not she thought the lies or, or, or whether or not she believed the edict would uh, would solve crime, would solve gun crime. 
And she straight up said no. She straight up said no when the reporter asked her. So the question is, why are you doing it? And it is about power and it is about control. And what I learned about New Mexico that I didn't know from many of the residents that were on that uh, that were on that call. It is a Petri dish and it's a state that Republicans have been ignoring for so long because Democrats just run it. The, the, the poverty in that state and the violence is insane, all of which is due to Democrat policies. And unfortunately, there's a lot of tradition there. So people keep voting for Democrat. Your family member votes for Democrat, your auntie, your mom, your grandma. You, you're going you're going to do the same. They've got a complete opulence in places like Santa Fe. And then you get to Albuquerque, where it's just violence and poverty and so on, et cetera. So many people still have outhouses in the state of New Mexico, still live that way. And they know, or at least they believe that they can control them. But she picked the wrong time, in my opinion, to pick this fight. This is what the left wants to do. They want to take away all your rights, no doubt about it. But she picked the wrong time because I'm telling you, people have had enough and people are not going to comply. As a matter of fact, people gathered that did not comply in Albuquerque. We'll be back. Tim, I'll take your call next. This is Carl Jackson sitting in for the Officer Tatum, 844-900-7243. We'll be back in a few. Tatum show the guest host Carl Jackson sitting in for the officer Tatum dancing along to Sean McConnell's music here. The number to call in 844-900-7243, 844-900-7243. We've been talking about this little fascist in New Mexico, uh, the so-called governor of New Mexico, Michelle Lujan Grisham. We have a caller that I want to go to uh, right off the bat, and I'm going to follow up with this story in the next hour as well. Also, I'm going to offer you some solutions. Collier County in Florida has offered a great solution. They become a sanctuary, uh, a Bill of Rights sanctuary city or sanctuary county. So we'll talk about that. Great idea from Collier County. We'll talk about that shortly or in the next hour. And again, we have Harrison Floyd at the top of the hour. So stay tuned for that. But let's go to Tim. Uh, Tim has been waiting patiently in New Mexico. Tim, welcome to the Officer Tatum Show. You've got the mic. Hey, how's it going, Carl? I'm not going to be able to cover this any amount of time now, but um, anyway, I'll try and call you back tomorrow, but there's not enough time to cover it because you got a guy coming okay. up next hour, so I, I can't do it. So anyway, I'll let you go and you take care. Oh, what? Tim? Okay. Yeah, I can't, All right. I can't cover it. I just can't do it. I, it it's going to take about six, okay. seven minutes, and I can't do it. So anyway, okay. you, All right. I'll try to call you tomorrow. All right. Hey, check, hey, look for me in Twitter spaces, too. So I participate in plenty of those. I'd love to hear from you. But, uh, yeah, we'll be around tomorrow. I don't know if we can go six or seven minutes. But uh, yeah, if you could figure it, out how to summarize a it. Of five minutes. And, yeah, All I right. can't do it. So, okay, thank you. All right, Tim. Hey, listen, appreciate you being out there. Um, honestly, <laughs> I don't know if we can make that happen for radio. All right, I'm being, I'm being frank. But at the same token, what he's saying uh, is true. It's true. Uh, and may, maybe maybe we will do that. So, Tim, maybe we will do that. Hopefully uh, you'll be able to explain it concisely. Uh, call back tomorrow, Tim, if you can stay on task. Let's let's try and make that happen, because 
I, I don't think he's exaggerating. Some of the stories that I was hearing about the history of New Mexico uh, was just absolutely insane. It's stuff that I, I never even heard of. I didn't know. Uh, many claim that or uh, say that, you know, it's like a different world um, uh, in New Mexico. And and I believe that to be the case. Listen, we got another caller. Uh, his wife's family is from New Mexico. We only have a minute. Uh, but, George, if you can make that happen in a minute, you got the mic. Yeah, thanks, Colin. Um, yeah, my wife's uh, family is from, from Las Vegas, Vegas, New Mexico, and they actually left, moved out to Aguilar, Colorado. But the problem is, is that it's, it's just predominantly Hispanic. And so it's what needs to happen is, is that Republicans do need to go in there to reach out to the Hispanic community because you're right, they do live, um, you know, with historically vote Democratic because their families did. So the Las Vegas, uh, New Mexico is really a, a, a dump. And, and it's sad because you're right, they do, li- they do have outhouses there. George, listen, I appreciate you calling in. Guys, I'm going to I'm going to go back to this story in the next hour. So if you want to call in after the guest, feel free to do so. We have Harrison Floyd coming up. He'll be joining joining me in the first block of the next hour. We'll go back to your calls after that. Carl Jackson in for the officer Tato. We'll be back. The officer Tatum show. All right, welcome back to the Officer Tatum Show. I'm your guest host, Carl Jackson, sitting in for the Officer Tatum. The number to call into the program, 844-900-7243, 844-900-7243. Uh, if you guys have been following the persecution of uh, of Trump allies, you will know uh, you will know this gentleman. His name is Harrison Floyd. He is the uh, director of Black Voices Trump. Uh, and he is being persecuted, and I, I do use that word intentionally, uh, by Fannie Willis, the DA for Fulton County. Uh, Harrison Floyd, welcome to the Officer Tatum Show. What's going on? Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Harrison, I got to tell you right off the bat, I, I'm starting to think the people out there don't really like this black man named Carl Jackson. I've never gotten applause like that, Harrison. I don't know why you would get that, and they would not give it to me, uh, but I've never gotten that type of applause. So I just want you to know you are truly special. Obviously, they already love you here. Harrison, let's let, let, let's let's go through this. Obviously, you are being, in my opinion, persecuted uh, by Fannie Willis, the DA of Fulton County, um, talk about your case a little bit to us. What you can uh, can share? Would you uh, would you just familiarize the audience with what happened uh, in Fulton County? Well, uh, I'm sorry you're not getting the love and applause that you deserve, Carl. You you deserve so much more. <laughs> you're, doing you're smart enough, and you know people like you. You know what it is. This is the same thing that uh, has happened to a lot of black men throughout the country um, where, you know, these prosecutors and district attorneys think that they can just do uh, whatever they want and charge people with silly crimes that they didn't even commit. Um, It's unfortunate what's going on, but I'm just so blessed and thankful that uh, throughout my life I've experienced things that were much harder and just made me a confident man uh, to be able to walk this righteous path with God who's the head of my life and I want to give you know first thanks to for all things and keeping me safe and um, yeah you know this is this is a bad thing that's happening but God is using me as an instrument to do more good in the world and so 
I'm just so blessed and honored to uh, be a part of his plan in this way. Well, you listen, I, I, I appreciate, uh, I, I really do, I really do appreciate that. I do have to ask you, on a human level, though, I'm a, I'm, I'm a Christian myself here, Harrison, but I, I have to ask, on a human level, this has to be an absolute gut punch. I, I mean, you don't help out a presidential candidate uh, and then expect to go to jail. What are what, what are they accusing you of, of trying to pressure an election worker into testifying about alleged ballot manipulation? That doesn't even sound copacetic to me, Harrison, because I'm thinking even if that were true, wouldn't that election worker have to be under oath if you were telling them to testify about something? I mean, this doesn't even make sense to me, but your response. Yeah, you know, that's uh, part of the reason why I'm just not as stressed as I probably should or could be, because uh, I know God is with me and he has a plan for everything. Um, it's hard for them to even make it make sense, right? Like, not even just with the three uh, charges that I have against me, but when people saw what happened uh, in the courtroom and the judge told me, you know, I told her, you know, I cannot afford an attorney for something like this. I already have another situation that I'm dealing with. And she said, you know, well, then you can represent yourself. Uh, one will not be appointed to you. But that's in my Miranda rights. And if you watch closely, like the first thing you hear me say when I came on camera was, I haven't even been, Mar- I've been in jail overnight. I haven't even been Mirandized yet. What is going on here? And what's the first thing she did? She Mirandized me, right? And then she really? said, you know, yeah. And then she said, um, you know, this isn't a bond hearing, but to the extent that you are here before a judge like you're supposed to be within 72 hours, I'm denying you bond on the base of you being a flight risk, and we'll let the other judge who's on vacation take this up. And so it was like, how are you telling me this isn't a bond hearing, but you're denying me bond on the basis that I'm a flight risk when I showed up here on my own, right? Um, uh, Yes, there is a open pending charge with the federal government who picked up the charge after the state of Maryland decided that they weren't going to prosecute it, right? Um, but the President of the United States and multiple other of these co-defendants have multiple charges in multiple jurisdictions that are felonies. The one that I have is only a simple misdemeanor. And, you know, the President, <laughs> to be frank, has his own plane and flew in here and flew out, and you're calling the black guy <laughs> who, you know, had just struggled <laughs> at the last minute to get a plane. If you get a frontier plane ticket to get here, you're calling me a flight risk? Like, it was just absolutely what, what is, abhorrent. What is so? What is the other charge that they're saying? Okay, this because of this charge, uh, I guess you're some thug, and you're a vet, by the way. Uh, is that is that correct, Harrison? I think I, I read that. Yes, I served in the Marine Corps and the infantry for a little over ten years. Thank you for your service. I sincerely mean that. Really appreciate it. Um, yeah. So what is okay? So what is this other charge they're claiming uh, that you did something? I believe against an FBI agent or something to that effect. Yeah. So they came to serve me. Uh, uh, well, I know this now, but um, what happened? My experience was just two random people showed up in front of me. They didn't show me a badge. They accosted me and my daughter, chased me wow. down four flights of stairs. Uh, they were the least professional people that I've ever seen in my entire life. I called the police. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to stop there. I don't want to get any more into it. Um, okay. what, what happened What happened was was I was arrested for something that I did not do. Um, right. 
and, and the state of Maryland, after looking at the entire situation, the charges said that they were not going to charge charge me or they were not going to even hear it. They were dismissing the case. And then that literally the same day, my attorney in Maryland was called by the U.S. assistant attorney and told that the federal government was going to take up this simple misdemeanor. Wow. And, and, and charge and charge me for it. Right. And so since since that hearing in May, I've heard nothing about this other charge. It's just been sitting there waiting. We haven't got a hearing or anything. And now I know why, because they wanted to make me look, you know, like an aggressive, crazy person, which I'm not. It's almost like they planned this. It's almost like they planned this, Harrison. Uh, I mean, this is uh, where we stand. The the federal government (laughs) wouldn't do that. We wouldn't do anything (laughs) nefarious. You know, I got to tell you, I don't even understand uh, how charges could be brought against you guys. I think think some of the uh, co-defendants have made the right argument. I I don't even know how this isn't uh, isn't being tried inside of a federal court. This makes I don't know how Fannie Willis has this type of power uh, to be frank with you. And also she, she doesn't she doesn't have that type that type of power. To, if we're keeping it real and keeping 100 and keeping it frank, she doesn't have this type of power. The governor is allowing her uh, to go rogue uh, if you will, because she's a black woman and she's in a, a U.S. district attorney in Atlanta and he's afraid of being called racist and having protests and all kinds of other craziness because he wants to continue his political future. You know, that's also why that jail is in the condition that it is because they don't care to pay attention to it. Um, they're just letting her do what she wants to do. And that, that, that to me is the real crime. They're dereliction of duty. Mm. And I do understand that the Fulton County Jail is pretty deplorable and pretty dangerous. Uh, from what I've read, what was your experience? Obviously, they let you in there. Uh, they let you think about your 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 crimes, I guess, for uh, your alleged crimes for five days when the other co-defendants were allowed to walk free. Talk to us about that real quickly here. It was six days. It was six, not five. Six days, sorry. Uh, and I said, because I earned that. No, it's all good. I earned that day. Um, <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> You're right. You're I, right. I was, I was, I was counting um, but no, so uh, let me say this. First and foremost, uh, uh, the staff that I interacted with, they were incredibly professional. Um, a lot of okay. them were really, really kind and cracking jokes with me. One of them, when I left, was like, you going to come back and run for mayor? You need to run for mayor. <laughs> Fix it. <laughs> um, but, uh, there was, and there was one officer named Lieutenant Jenkins who I will never forget for the rest of my days. Um, she always called me Mr. Floyd and treated me like a human being in that place. And so I really appreciated okay. it. But um, the staff, the staff is not the problem. It's, you know, the failed leadership of Fulton County that's not appropriating funds correctly. Um, when I first walked in, I'll never forget this guy to the, what would what, what was the right of my cell, uh, had fecal matter smeared to, like, cover up all the windows in his cell. And oh, then, my um, God. Harrison, then Harrison, like, listen. Harrison, hold on for just – we only have 30 seconds before the break. I told you the first segment. Can you stay over for a couple of minutes until the next segment, or do you need to go? Yeah, yeah, I'll stay on. We're not we're not quite at the airport yet. Okay, all right. So I'm speaking to Harrison Floyd, uh, Black Voices for Trump, and obviously one of the co-defendants in the Fulton County case against the former President Donald Trump. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Carl Jackson in for the Officer Tatum. We shall overcome. 
The Officer Tatum Show. All right, welcome back to The Officer Tatum Show. I'm joined by my guest, Harrison Floyd. He's the uh, director of Black Voices for Trump. He's also a victim of Fannie Willis's persecution. Um, and before we went to the break, Harrison, and again, I appreciate you joining me. Uh, Harrison has got some business to tend to. He's actually going to be catching a flight soon. So we appreciate him taking the time to join us. But before we went to the break, Harrison, you were talking about the conditions of the jail. And again, you spent six days in the Fulton County Jail, deplorable conditions. Where there were some nice people that showed you respect, uh, the staff members. But you were uh, describing some of the conditions within the jail, if you want to continue with that. Yeah. Um, so the the guy, when I first walked in, the guy to the right of where I was at, um, his window was um, just covered in fecal matter. Um, so you couldn't really see in there. He was like walking around naked, pounding on stuff. Um, then that morning, uh, the first morning I woke up, uh, the, the guy in the cell next to me was uh, getting tased. I heard a bow and then a it's like, oh, just leave me alone, leave me alone. So I knew right away he woke it up like, yeah, I'm still in jail. Don't do what he did. Um, <laughs> but, uh, Man. Yeah, yeah, it was the the officers that work there, I feel really bad for them because they're not getting the resources that they need to ensure uh, not only uh, their safety, but also the safety of the prisoners. Man. Man, um, I'm, I'm glad you could share that uh, that information, uh, share that information with us. I want you to respond. Actually, let me let me ask this question. You said something that I thought was fascinating. You said Brian Kemp. It sounds like Brian Kemp is kind of scared of the black vote because obviously he wants to uh, his political career. He wants to go on uh, after this governorship. Do, do you believe it is? Uh, do you believe that the animosity towards Trump is leading him to kind of stay out of this situation? Or is it the issue with the black vote? You, you Do you think one is superior to the other, if you will, are both in play? So in Georgia, there's more blacks voting in Georgia than any other state. 30 percent of the voting population is black in Georgia. Um, so when it comes to his uh, relationship with the former president, you know, they're not on the best of terms. For very sure. specific reasons, and um, you know, one would assume and think that um, he would correct that course of action because you know the former president is polling well over fifty percent. He's just crushing everybody else in this primary right now. So, really, the only thing that's going to stop President Trump from getting the nomination is you know this lawfare is for other people to do nefarious things like some of these secretary of states they're saying well we're not even going to put them on the ballot now right like that's how bad sure. it is yeah. They're, 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 yeah it's so bad like they're literally exposing how corrupt and bad and how far they're willing to go so i think it's a combination of both of those and the thing that would be probably in governor kemp's best interest with both the black community and president trump would be to rein in this rogue district attorney right um and to show and yeah. to come out and say you know, to, we don't we don't do this here in Georgia, regardless of what the color of your skin is. You shouldn't be treated like these conditions in Fulton County Jail. If he would if he would get up and go down there and go walk through it and come out and say something like that, I think it would help him. And um, yeah, and I think reigning in the district attorney would help him with the former president. But he's not doing that. He's doing whatever it is that he is him and his advisors are telling him to do. And, you know, it's it's not a good look. It's not going to get him the end result that he wants. 
And and frankly, putting putting the beef between he and the former president aside, I agree with you. I, I mean, he works for the people of, of, of Georgia, ultimately. So I believe that he if he went to the jail and he addressed this stuff with Fannie Willis uh, directly, even even with his his beef with Trump or even just address the situation in the jail, I, I think he would win, uh, win some fans, plain and simple. I, I don't I, you know, the politics is one thing. But uh, even even in a jail type situation, I do believe that people should uh, people should be safe. And uh, if they're under, you know, resource there, I mean, he, he should he should bring uh, shed a light to that. In in my opinion, that that doesn't make sense. I mean, even even outside of the issue, the beef between he and Trump, that doesn't make sense. So I appreciate you bringing that to uh, to our attention. I, I think that's just a dumb move because you should take care of your people, plain and simple. Um, you know, you're the governor of everyone. A hundred percent. You're you're exactly right. And, um, you know, it just goes to show like how bad uh, our politics are now that, uh, you know, um, elected officials are using personal grudges. Right. And when you think about uh, this is the way that I view it. Black folks, the black community built this country during slavery and we're the only folks that can save it right now because regardless of what your political party is you have to have a plurality of the black vote in order to win you know a decent chunk um and so if governor kemp were to step forward and you know call it like it is say we're not going to do this here um and know that the democrats are going to fling those racist arrows at him but he will be able to withstand them because look at the favorability of president trump every time there's another indictment it goes up right why is that that's more black folks coming to him. It's not the suburban white folks. It's black folks because real recognize real, game recognize game. And we have been victims of this two-party justice system for so long. We know what's really going on. We see it. And that's why he, he, he's skyrocketing right now. So it is absolutely to the government or the governor's detriment to allow this to keep going on. But he's doing it for a particular reason. And it's it's he's just, he's not in a good spot in my opinion. He, he really is not. Well, listen, we I, I got to tell you this, man. We are praying for you, and we are uh, definitely hoping the best for you. And we want to donate to you. Where can people go to help Harrison Floyd uh, defeat this uh, uh, this corrupt uh, this corrupt Fanny uh, corrupt Fanny Willis uh, of Fulton County, the Fulton County DA? Oh, and let me let me oh. ask this. Let me ask this just real. Just real quickly, you you were you were treated okay by the staffers, but do you think they were sending a, sending a message by letting you sit in jail longer as a black guy, as a black Republican what, conservative? What, what, what do you think as a black man? All right, man I, I just wanted you to answer the question, Harrison. You know what I think? No, I'm just playing. Yeah. Yeah, I, I obviously I think they wanted to send a message to black conservatives. This is what's going to happen to you. I think that's exactly what they were doing with you, Harrison. Uh, where can people go to help you out? And that message, she dialed the wrong number because it didn't go through. Uh, because there's two, <laughs> ways pe- there's two ways people can help me out. On the defense fund side, um, I have it pinned at the top of my Twitter. My Twitter is HW underscore Floyd. There's a picture of me and Herman Cain shaking hands. That's the actual me. There's a couple fakes out there. But also, you know, the district attorney inspired me to get back into public service. So I'm exploring going back down to Georgia to run again for Congress. And when we announce that and people see it, if they...
uh, to get excited and show their support volunteering or donating or whatever, just, you know, um, following the campaign. Uh, that would be greatly right. uh, appreciated. 20 seconds. We're going to make an announcement. We're, we're going to make an announcement on that uh, first week of October of what decision. Okay. All right. Man, I, I appreciate you taking the time to come on, Harrison Floyd. Uh, make sure you check him out. Again, I've tweeted his gifts in Go. Uh, so go to uh, at the Carl Jackson Show on Twitter. Also follow him on Twitter at HW underscore Floyd. Thank you, Harrison. God bless you, man. God bless you, too. The shadows after dark, like you said, but you didn't Unapologetically Christian and 1,000% real, The Officer Tatum Show. Welcome back to The Officer Tatum Show. I'm your guest host, Carl Jackson, sitting in for The Officer Tatum. Please check out my podcast. Subscribe to my podcast wherever you go to get your podcast. All right, so uh, also check us out, YouTube and Rumble. You can check us out there if you want to see the video. Uh, please rate, review, give us a five. Uh, that way we will move up the charts on all things social media at the Carl Jackson Show. I'm really having a lot of fun uh, on these Twitter spaces, uh, so check me out there. I participate in those at times. This guy David Pollock has gotten me hooked on those things. Uh, <laughs> I love talking to the people. I really love talking to the people and the patriots that are out there. Uh, so check me out on Twitter at the Carl Jackson Show, Instagram uh, at the Carl Jackson Show, or wherever you are on social media that I am at the Carl Jackson Show is where you can go to find me. The number to call in, 844-900-7243, 844-900-7243 to call in to the Officer Tatum Show. Just real quickly, I want to take the time again. I neglected to do this at the top of the hour uh but i want to thank once again for the, the forgotten man for putting together that amazing uh first hour and literally taking me back it's weird I, we went back to 9 11 uh, but it's like my mind went back to 9 11 and as uh obviously you grow and you learn even in the political realm and and i was able to not only go through 9 11 but all the way through 2023 and how that event shaped our country um, in in some instances temporarily for the better, as horrible as it was. And then later, uh, I have to argue in some cases for the for the worse. I mean, that is when the, the, the Patriot Act arose out of that. It, that was something that initially back then I was for because we thought we were fighting the enemies. Little did we know our own Department of Justice would use that against uh, American patriots, Americans that simply love this country. Uh, guys, I want to talk to you quickly about the 2024 GOP straw poll. I have something that I want all of you to do. Vote for your choice for the Republican nomination for president on our Salem Town Hall straw poll. I want to hear from you in our straw poll. Who do you want to be president uh, to vote? Just go to TatumStrawPoll.com. Click on the photo of the person you want to be our next president and vote. That's TatumStrawPoll.com to vote. You can do it now. The number to call in, 844-900-7243, 844-900-7243. I'm going to talk to you about a couple of more issues, and I also want to give you solutions to some of those issues that are closer to home uh, that I think are extremely uh, important. And this is the way we're going to fight for freedom. Guys, listen, um, I, I know a lot of people are talking about the polls. Even uh, my last guest did with, with, with Donald Trump. I 
the the polls mean nothing to me. All right, the and 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 I say this I say this lovingly. The polls mean absolutely nothing to me. I don't buy into the polls. That isn't uh, that isn't uh, you know. Uh, a, a knock on former President Trump or anything. I don't buy the polls. I don't buy the pollsters. I, I, I'm sorry. I just don't. I, it's like we've got to learn our lessons. 2020, 2022, we've got to learn our lessons. National polls mean absolutely nothing because I believe that only 5% of people are paying attention to polls. And I believe the people that are paying attention to politics right now are the most ardent Trump supporters that are paying attention to politics. And perhaps uh, you have some people that are just like, ah, they're still deciding between the other people. So while they're deciding between some other people, they're like, I'm just going to go for Trump. He's what I know. Uh, I know what he can do. Uh, So I believe that's where we are. That isn't to say that Trump won't win right now. He is obviously the odds on favorite to be uh, to win the the nomination. Uh, But, guys, I I, want to make sure because I think we get so hyped up in the polls right now that we think that's going to transfer into the general election. And I'm just of the belief that that's complete and utter nonsense. And I really believe that any Republican telling you that or making you believe that uh, is, is, is selling you a pipe dream. I just don't believe that's true. If the nominee is Donald Trump, it is going to be a fight. It is going to be an up, uphill battle to win. I, I think that we can win. It's just going to have to be all hands on deck. I think the same is true with the governor, Ron DeSantis. I think he may might appeal uh, to other people, um, other people, uh, perhaps a, a larger swath of people. But it's still going to be an uphill battle. And one of the reasons why it's going to be an uphill battle, no matter what it is, it's not going to be a runaway. Anyone that's telling you it's going to be a runaway, I, I, I think they're just blowing smoke up your butt. I think that's how they feel. I think that's what they want to be true. I don't believe that they're looking at the data. I mean, I even look at the polling. You can dissect the polling for yourself. You can go on Real Clear Politics, click on them, and you can see the, uh, the ways in which they're conducting these polls. These polls are total pieces of crap. I mean, they simply are. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And I fear that that's going to get a, get in the way of victory because you can't get comfortable. I'm going to tell you what the left is up to. See, we're we're concerned about people. The left is concerned or uh, the left is concerned about ballots. The left has a Democratic machine. That's what we're going to be up against in 2024. I'll explain. Carl Jackson in for the officer Tatum. We'll be back. unapologetically Christian and 1,000% real. The Officer Tatum Show. Alright, welcome back to the Officer Tatum. I'm your guest host, Carl Jackson, sitting in for the Officer Tatum. Man, I love that, Mr. McConnell. Sean McConnell in my ear. The forgotten man somewhere out there in the ether. You have Zach and Rick handling uh, the uh, handling the video out there. Appreciate you guys. And on the lines, Gabe Cassiano has my back right here at AM 950. The answer, 94.9 FM. Caller, I see you out there. We will go to you shortly. The number to call in, 844-900-7243. 844-900-7243. A lot to talk about, but still including a solution uh, to the left's takeover or uh, the left is trying to take over the country. We talked about uh, Governor uh, Michelle Lujan Grisham and what she's done in the state of New Mexico. Thank God a sheriff is not complying, refused to comply uh, with her edict. 
Uh, so it is not flying with the people. You have even some Democrats and you have activists like David Hogg responding, uh, saying that she's gone too far. David Hogg, that is a uh, he was uh, one of these kids that was involved in the Parkland shooting and he's turned into a left wing kook and radical. Uh, turns out he wasn't in the building where the shootings occurred, but he used it. Uh, he used the shooting as a or he's exploited a shooting into a whole left wing activism type thing. Uh, anyway. Just a couple of quick stories that I want to share with you. Hat tip, Zach, thank you so much for sending this. So Biden is claiming, uh, without evidence, of course, that he was at ground zero on the day of the 9-11 attacks when he was actually in Washington, D.C. This guy just lies. He just lies. And you know what? You might excuse him because Carl, he has dementia. We know he's out of No, 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 no. What dementia does is bring out who you are without reservation. This guy is sociopathic. This guy just lies because he can. It's all he knows. He's plagiarized. He lies. He lies. He lies. He said he said some of the most racist incendiary stuff imaginable in, in, in modern political history. And the left just lets him get uh, get away with it. We're not going to do that here. Had to forget, man. Joe Biden plagiarized again in 2000. The Harvard, Harvard Journal covered, uh, covered it up. Joe Biden, who had a history of plagiarism, already reportedly plagiarized again in an article he initially wrote for the Harvard Journal uh, on legislation in 2000. And the editors covered for him by fixing the article before they published it. Roger uh, Severino, a vice president of the at Heritage, uh, revealed the story on X noting how, quote, brazen, close quote, Biden was since he had been caught plagiarizing before. As a student at Syracuse Law School in 1965, Biden plagiarized five pages from a law review journal. Uh, 1987, Biden dropped out of the presidential race after he was caught in his closing remarks at a Democratic primary debate plagiarizing a speak from Neil Kinnock, the former leader of the Britain's uh, of Britain's Labor Party. Uh, Severino told Fox News that the court uh, opinion Biden plagiarized uh, from was probably the dissenting opinion authored by Judge Diana Jane Gribben Motts of the United States Court of Appeals for the Fourth Circuit. And uh, I can't even pronounce this. Brazancala uh, v. Uh, versus Virginia. Polytechnic Institute. Uh, my first assignment as a junior editor at the Harvard Journal Journal of on legislation was to cite, check, an article submitted by one Senator Joseph R. Biden. I was shocked by the plagiarism I discovered. Severino said, "Man, so again, Joe Biden, who had a history of plagiarism, already reportedly plagiarized again in an article he initially wrote for the Harvard Journal on legislation in 2000." The guy's just a fake. The guy's just a fraud. And now he is sitting in the most powerful position in the United States of America. Total and utter disgrace. I hope that's written on his tombstone. Complete and utter disgrace. That's who he is. Uh, let's take a call real quick. And I want to give you some solutions. I'm not going to be able to get to everything that I wanted to get to. But I do want to bring you this story in Collier County. This is very, very important. This is very important. Guys. I don't want you to count on 2024. You should fight like hell to make sure that we win in 2024. But there's something that you can do before. And that is kind of create a red cocoon around you or even a purple cocoon to the best of your ability. I'm going to talk to you about what Collier County did. 
declaring their county a bill of rights county. And I'm going to talk to you about some of the most important races you're going to vote for in 2024, leading up to 2024, so that you have some freedom wherever you are at. Let's take a call real quick. Okay, let's go to uh, Bill. Bill is in Dallas, Texas. Bill, welcome to the Officer Tatum Show. You've got the mic. Yes, can you hear me good? Yeah, go right ahead, Bill. Okay, I had something that's haunted me about 9-11 for years. And when it was when I was watching on TV, I said, man, enough carnage. I turned it off. Let's do chores. So I slapped a Pat Benatar CD in and I filled up my laundry basket. And I stopped in front of it, and it's the song Invincible. And some of the words went like this. This sudden darkness fills the air. You know, all the sudden smoke of the towers. You know, the shattered dream you cannot justify. Uh, what are we running for? Stand up and face the enemy. It's a do or die situation. <laughs> it's shocking when you first hear it. And I know it's a coincidence, but man, wow. when that happened, I mean, I took it to a friend of mine so were, that morning. We were watching the, you know, the disaster. And I said, let me let you hear this. And when it finished, it was quiet. They said, are you kidding me? Wow. So you get a chance wow. to listen to that Pat Benatar Invincible. It fits that incident so perfectly. It was to me. It was almost like a, a Twilight Zone episode, you know. Wow. Anyway, amazing. Anyway, that's just, Bill. That's just a, yeah. No, no. Go right ahead. Go right ahead. No, you know. And another thing about what's happened is the terrorism seconds, that get on us has changed our, you know, changed our culture forever. Like I used to take my little daughter. Uh, you know, on airplane single child, you know, you can't, yeah. do that. you can't be there at the gate with them anymore. Yeah, I know. I did. Yeah, the, I did the same bill. Thank that bill. Thanks for the call. Really, really appreciate it. Carl Jackson in for the officer Tatum. We'll be back in a few to wrap up. Welcome back to the Officer Tatum Show. So many um, so many headlines I didn't get to. Uh, here's one from the Federalist. I'll talk about it tomorrow with automatic voter registration. Say hello to permanent Democrat power. Uh, guys, listen, there's a way even to defeat this, but I want you to understand that Democrats have a machine. Uh, that's why I'm not going to play the old oh, polls, say this poll. The, the national polls mean nothing. I know there's a lot of hosts that want to play that game. I'm not one of them. I know they indicate something, but right now national polls mean nothing. And what I'm concerned about is that people are so uh, so focused on national polls that they think it transfers to general elections, and it doesn't. And the polls right now are much crappier than they were even in 2022 uh, and in 2020. Uh, so I don't trust the polls as far as I can throw them if you could throw polls. All right, but uh, also that Larry Elder to launch near half-million-dollar ad blitz targeting the RNC ahead of a second debate. Um Liberals turn on dim governor. Uh, I'll talk about that again tomorrow. I think this is a really important issue.
that we need to pay attention to. Joe Biden wants to confine illegal immigrants to Texas. That is a big story. We'll talk about that as well. I'll be back on the Officer Tatum show tomorrow. So make sure you tune in. Por favor. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Sean McConnell said something off. My wife is already texting. All right. So uh, anyway, <laughs> you did it. You did it, Sean. You did it. I want to thank the staff of the Officer Tatum Forgotten Man. Uh, I, I told you, every, man, I love you, man. Uh, also, Sean, uh, everybody here, Zach, Gabe's got my back. You guys are amazing. All right. Here's a story that's really important. Commissioners make Collier County a Bill of Rights sanctuary in response to federal overreach. Only have a very short period of time, so perhaps I'll revisit this tomorrow. But Collier County in Florida, which is Flagler County, a really nice area in Florida, quite frankly, decided to become a sanctuary uh, Bill of Rights County. Uh, and they did so with a four to one vote with only one dissenter. And essentially what they've said, I don't have time to get into great detail or specificity, but essentially what they said is, listen, we are going to be a Bill of Rights County uh, and, uh, and and we're going to make sure that the federal government or or neither the federal government nor Tallahassee infringes on our county. They did say the guy responsible, uh, Chris Hall, uh, uh, for for uh, uh, for writing the bill, I believe, said this is not a cherry picking procedure. It's not an ordinance that allows us to secede from Florida or from the union. It's not for the board of commissioners or the future board of commissioners to decide what's constitutional or what what's not constitutional. I'll get I'll dive in this tomorrow. But, guys, I want you to make red cocoons around the country. Carl, how do we do that? I want you to focus on these county commissioner races. We can't just focus on the presidency. We don't know what's going to happen. Anybody that says otherwise, straight lying to you. County commissioner seats are extremely important. Start focusing on those. School board seats, one of the most important races that you will vote for in your local area as well, the sheriff. The sheriff. The sheriff. Um the sheriff in New Mexico refused to obey the edicts of the governor. These people are crucial. We'll get into it tomorrow. Guys, until next time, don't grow weary doing good. God bless you. What's going on, y'all? This is Brandon Tatum. I just want to thank you so much for listening to my podcast. You can always get the podcast at Salem Podcast Network or wherever you listen to your podcast.